0: question to ask, what do we see? And so if we're looking at any given situation, if we're looking at any given circumstance, what do we see? And so this initial sermon series for 2020 is called Perfect Vision, 2020 Perfect Vision. And uh, for those of you who know anything about eyes and vision and things like that, 2020 doesn't necessarily mean you have the best vision. 2020 means that you see at 20 feet what a normal person would see at 20 feet. So 2020 actually means that you have average vision, right? And so if, it, if you have uh, 10-20, then you see at 10 feet what everybody else would see at 20 feet, right? But then there's people that have 40-20 vision. You can see at 40 feet what a normal person would see at 20 feet, right? So it can get better than 20-20. You can have better than 20-20 vision. What we want to talk about today is we want to talk about perfect vision. And what, what do you see? What do you see? And so when we look with our eyes, because God's given us eyes, but he's also given us eyes in the spirit. And so what is it that we see? And so, you know, this is your, your regular ophthalmologist, you know, little thing. And so do you see better now or do you see better now? Do you see better now? Is that better or is this better? Is that better? Is one more clear or is two more clear? Is, is two better or is three better? And so wh- how is it that we see the best? How is it that we see the best? How is it that we're seeing what God wants us to see? What are we looking with? Are we looking with our natural eyes? Right? And so then if you go to the ophthalmologist like this, you know, he may give you glasses and you put on glasses and you can see more clearly, Right? And so sometimes you need glasses to see things clearly, but there is a spiritual realm that we can see into, but we have to put on spiritual glasses. We can't see that with our natural eyes. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times our natural eyes will fight with, our natural eyes will fight with our spiritual eyes. And so we need to be able to, we need to learn to look with spiritual eyes And not just with our natural eyes. What do we see when we see? And we could say anything. What do you see when you see this church building when you first pull up to it? There's certain things that you're going to see in the natural. What do you see in the spiritual? What do you see when you see someone on the street, a person? What do you see in the natural? And what do you see in the spiritual? What do you see when you look with the eyes of Jesus? What do you see when you look with the eyes of love, right? Because this is what we're really called to. We're we're called to see with the eyes of Jesus. If we actually get to the point where we're looking and we're seeing with the eyes of Jesus then we're going to to begin to see things that we've not seen before. And we're going to begin to see the way that Jesus sees. We're going to begin to be able to love the way that Jesus loves. And we're going to be able to begin to do the things that Jesus is doing. But we have to see it. Glory to God. What do you see? How many of you see an old woman? How many of you see a young woman? How many of you can see either one, right? So the, for, if, you've, if you've never read the book, this, this image is in um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Robert Covey, and he talks about how we need to have a paradigm shift. How many of you can only see the old woman? How many of you can only see the young woman? <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the young woman, okay? I guess everybody can see her, but she's looking away from you. I I had a laser pointer, but I don't think it shows up on the screen. It wasn't working earlier. No, it doesn't work. So she's looking away, right? And this is her cheek. That's her nose sticking out, right? And you can see her little ear and her cheekbone, right? And that's that's like a little um, choker around her neck. And she's got this big feathery thing off the top of her hat. But she's looking away. That's the young lady, right? We all see that, right? But we need to have a paradigm shift. We need to stop seeing the young woman if we're going to see the old woman. And so the old woman, that choker around the neck becomes the woman's mouth. The face becomes her nose. The ear becomes an eye. And she's kind of hunched over and she's looking down like this. Can you see the old woman now? Right? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And so sometimes we have to have this paradigm shift. Sometimes we've got to stop seeing what we're seeing in order to see something that we can't see. What do you see? And so if we were to just take and just to look at someone, what do you see? So, you know, you could look at this and you could see you could say, I see someone, you know, a homeless person who's uh, not motivated to get a job and, you know, they're lazy and, uh, you know, all of this, right? Whatever. Who knows? Who knows what you're seeing, right? You're looking with your, your natural eyes. You're looking with eyes that have been trained by preconceived judgments that you've had throughout your life. Or you could look at the same picture and see, see, I see someone who's been so beat up by life that they've given up on they've given up on it it's a, it's the same picture it's the same person it's the same story but it's told a different way you may see someone like this you may know someone see here's where it gets tricky is that we may even know people follow me and we've heard their story they've told us stuff and we see them in a sp- specific for <laughs> A specific perspective because of what they've told us when they've only told us a portion of the truth and they haven't told us everything and we don't really know where they're at. I'm reminded of the story of the rich young ruler when he comes to Jesus, right? The rich, rung, rung, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, obey the commandments. Honor your father and mother. Do not, do not commit, you know, do not sin. Do not, all these things. He says, do all these things. Is this given up? we're good. We got it. Don't be distracted. The enemy wants you to continue to see things the way that you're seeing. What do you see? Sometimes people tell us a story and they'll tell us the story from their perspective. They'll tell us the story and they'll only tell us the parts of the story that they're comfortable telling us because there's parts of the story that they're ashamed of. And when we begin to look with spiritual eyes, we can see beyond it. The, the story of the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler comes, and he, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, do this, you know, obey the commandments. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. And the rich young ruler turns around and says, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. What do I still look, lack? And the next words are very... Are very telling. And it's, it's, it's in Mark's gospel that he says it this way. Jesus, it says Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And so it, it, it's different in Matthew, but in Mark it says Jesus looked at him, right? So imagine if you will, here's Jesus. He's in the midst of a uh, the revival, right? The crowds are all gathered around this. Rich young ruler comes up and says, hey, what do I have to do? And he just responds. I, I don't believe that Jesus ever said anything out of place, but he just responds and says, do this, do this, do this, do this. And the rich young ruler responds and says, all of these I have kept. Now Jesus sees through us, right? Jesus sees everything, knows everything. He's God in, in the flesh. And so, but it says, he looked at him And he loved him. Imagine, if you will, I I don't know that it's possible. You know, I don't want to portray Jesus in this light. But he gets caught up in the moment of the, the, you know, the, the moment. You know, everything's just busy. And he answers routinely. How many of times have we done that? You know, I answer my kids routinely all the time. They'll ask me questions and I'll be like, firing things off. And so, but he stopped and he looked at him. What did he see? And he loved him. And then he gives him, you know, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. Now, that's not to say that everybody that's rich has to do that. But that's what Jesus had for this young man. That's what Jesus had for this young man. What do you see? What do you see? See some guy that's drunk at 10 a.m. in the morning? He's got his red Solo cup. Sitting on the front porch, it's early early day. That's, that's a sunrise. That's not a sunset. Or is he late for work? Supposed to be there an hour ago, and truck left without him. Now he's sitting on the porch at work, and he can't. He's going to miss out on today's pay. What do you see? We don't know. We don't see enough to know anything about about these pictures that we're looking at. Too often we prejudge things with our natural eyes. We need to learn to look with spiritual eyes. We need, to look, we need to learn to look beyond the situation that we see and see what we see. We need to learn to look and see with the eyes of the spirit. One more, what do we see, right? I see that successful businessman who's, who's working to make millions of dollars while you know, the people that are selling the product that he's selling are making pennies an hour overseas, right? That's the typical CEO, or, it, or, you know, this guy could be uh, spending every penny he has, struggling to compete uh, in the w- world in which he's found himself, and he spends 60 to 80 hours a week at work, and his wife just left him. We have no idea. And in the same way that we have no idea what's in these pictures here, we have no idea what we walk into when we meet someone on the street for the first time. And so we need to learn to stop judging with our natural eyes, and we need to start looking with our spiritual eyes. Because when we begin to look with the eyes of the Spirit, when we begin to look with the eyes of Jesus, we'll see things happen before our very eyes. Matthew 13, 10 through 17. I want to I start here today. It says this. I'm reading out of New King James. And the disciples came and said to Jesus, Why do you speak to the people in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the King to heaven, but to them, it has not been given for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and you will not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are you for you for they see. But blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear, for assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. How often do we find ourselves seeing and looking at things around us and we're not perceiving what's going on? It's very easy. It's very easy to get into the routine of the day. I get up. I go to pick up my coffee at Stewart's or Starbucks. And then I go to, I go to work. And, you know, Bob's always there. And, you know, he greets me at the door. And then I, I make my way to my desk. And then blah, 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 blah. Next thing I know, I'm going home. And what did I see all day? I saw the same thing that I saw every day. But we need to learn to look with the eyes of the Spirit so that when we meet Bob walking in the door that our hearts are like, what does Bob need today? What does Jesus have for Bob today? We need to get beyond the realm of ourselves and begin to get into the realm of other people and ask the question, what does this person need today? What's on this person's heart today? And when we begin to do that, when we begin to look with the eyes of Jesus, when we begin to ask ourselves the question, what do you see things will change. I find I do this often. I find I, I'm, I'm very um, introspective, right? I'll see someone on the street, and I'll, be, I'll, I'll immediately look, and I'll, be, I'll begin to uh, look with my natural eyes. But then I'll move on, and I'll begin to move, look with spiritual eyes. And it's something that I've only really begun to do in the past two or three years. Uh, and, and I'm getting better at it as I continue to try and do it day by day. But as I'm just standing there in a, in a random place, whether it's coffee shop or the mall, wherever I find myself, I just begin to look with the eyes of the spirit. And listen, I haven't got it perfect. I, there's many times where I go in and out and I'm too busy. And I don't look with my spiritual eyes, but I'm getting better at it. And so that's the thing is that we all want to get better at it day by day. Look with your spiritual eyes and see what Jesus might be telling you for the moment. Because Jesus is a now is a now thing. God is a now God. He moves now and he moves differently today than he moved yesterday. This is why we see throughout the scriptures, Jesus healed four different blind men, four different ways, because God's always doing something new and he always wants to do something different. And so the moment you meet someone, you may meet someone who's in the same situation as the last person you met, but God's going to deal with them differently because they're a different person. And so what do you see? What do you see? And are we opening our hearts to allow God to speak to us about what we're seeing? Do we look with the eyes that we have and perceive what Jesus is doing, or do we just look with our natural eyes? Blessed are your eyes, Jesus said to his his disciples, for they see. Listen, if you're here today and you know Jesus, I want to say to you, blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your eyes for they see, but you have to learn to use them. You have to, commit to learn, you have to commit to using your spiritual eyes in order to see with them. You can't be distracted by busyness and you can't be distracted by your natural eyes if you're going to see with spiritual eyes. 2 Kings 6, 14 uh, through, I believe it's 17, we're going to read through. Uh, this story is in 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, the whole story is 8 through 23. I'm going to cut a small snippet here uh, just for time's sake. But this is a story of Elisha. And the, the king of Syria kept sending troops to attack. He kept planning attacks against Israel. But every time he planned an attack against Israel, Elisha, God would tell Elisha about it. And Elisha knew about it. And he would tell the king of Israel and he was able to protect himself. And so the king of Syria kept getting frustrated. He's like, how is it, who, who is it in my kingdom that is the spy that keeps telling Israel what we're about to do? And one of his, one of his men, one of his uh, servants, if you will, comes and tells him, no, no my king, but the, the man of God in Israel, God speaks to him and tells him what you're going to do. And so they get this thing. He says, all right, listen, assemble the men and go down and let's attack this man of God. Bring him to me. We're going to have words. So here's what happens. It says, so the king, sent, king of Syria sent horses and chariots and a great army to the city where Elisha was. And they came by night and they surrounded the city. And when the servant of Elisha, the man of God, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city. With horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, his servant said to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He's looking with his natural eyes. He gets up in the morning, he walks out of the tent, and he looks around, and he's like, oh my gosh. What are we going to do? The bottom just fell out of the market. My car's on fire. Look, Listen, there's thousands of horsemen and chariots surrounding them. Your car being on fire is a small thing compared to this guy. It's a small thing. Listen, they're coming for him. They're coming for their lives. They just assume, kill this guy. He's just the servant. All they really want is the man of God. And then we don't know whether they want to talk to him or just kill him. What shall we do? Here's what Elisha says. Elisha says, do not fear. (laughs) You gotta love it. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you open my servant's eyes, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So here's this servant. This young guy, I'm going to serve the man of God. This is going to be great. I'm going to carry Pastor Matt's water bottle. This is going to be fantastic. And then suddenly we're surrounded. I'm going to carry his bag to foreign nations, right? And then all of a sudden we're surrounded by guys with AK-47s. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? This is the situation that they're in. Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And there's more for us than are against us. Come on. There are more forests than are against us. Come on. Too often we see the things that are in the natural and we bank on that. We, we, we go to town on that. What we see in the natural, we go home with. When there are things in the spiritual realm that we are supposed to be laying hold of, we have the victory in Christ. Do we live victorious? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Do we believe that? Do we flow in that? Do we want to see that in our life? Or do we take the news that comes, that my car's on fire, and suddenly I go out to lunch? I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I know this. I know that we need to learn to look with spiritual eyes. I know that if we don't learn to begin to look with spiritual eyes, we'll never win the battle. Because Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. And when we put far too much weight in the things of this world, we'll be distracted from the spiritual realm. We'll be distracted from the victory that is ours every single time. What are we looking at? What are we seeing? What do you see? John 15, verse 19. I'm going to have the piano come up, and uh, we're going to have the worship team come up in a minute. We're going to get ready to take communion. Uh, John fifteen nineteen. it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Listen. If Jesus could do nothing unless he saw the Father do it, who do we think we are? Why is it that we should not see what the Father's doing? We need to look with our spiritual eyes. Now, listen, I want to I just throw this out there. Don't just do nothing because you see nothing. Get up and start doing something. Right? Uh, Sign up for the cleaning team, sign up for the usher team, sign up for the cafe, sign up for live feed, sign up to do something. Start somewhere. Just just start doing something. Because when you start to serve, when you start to begin to step out in even the smallest way, God'll meet you there and he'll begin to show you more. It's the it's the parable of the talents. There was the the guy with the talent who had one, there was the guy with the talent who had five, and there was a guy with the talent who had ten. I think I got well there's two stories. And so the one, the the, the two with the more earned more, but the one with the one buried it. He hid it in the ground. I've got this one talent, but I'm not sure how to use it. So I'm just going to set it down for a minute. Wait. When if you just begin to serve, when if you just begin to step out, even not knowing where you're going, it said Abraham left. He he obeyed the command of God, which called him out. And he left not knowing where he was going, but he trusted God. And it was accredited to him as righteousness. By faith, he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went out, not knowing the full extent of the journey that he would take. Trusting in God. Trusting in God. And so, listen. Activate activate, activate. You've got to start to move. You've got to start to move. When you start to move, when you start to do something, God, all of a sudden, he starts to show you stuff. As you begin active, right? If I go home and I sit in my closet all day, I'll see nothing. But if I'm out in the streets and I'm around people, he'll begin to show me things. He'll begin to speak things to me for people. He'll begin to move in my heart. And what the glorious thing is, is that as we begin to say yes to God and as we begin to use the one little talent that we have, he gives us another talent. And he keeps adding talents and he keeps adding talents and he keeps adding talents. And God wants nothing more than for you to walk fully in this world just as Jesus did. Just as Jesus did. What do we see? Have we trained our eyes to see what Jesus would see? It's hard. It takes a long time to learn. And I'm not saying we do nothing until we've figured it out, but this is what Jesus did. Jesus saw what the Father was doing. This is why he healed all these same people with the same sickness all these different ways. Because he was constantly listening to the Father. He was constantly observing what the Father's doing so that he knew what to do. And so many times when we we seek to pray for the sick, right, we've been praying for the sick here quite a bit, we need to be led by the Spirit what to do and how to pray because God doesn't always heal the same way. We need to be able to follow Jesus. If we can't follow Jesus here in church, we need, how can we follow Jesus out on the street? We need to follow Jesus here at the church. We need to follow Jesus on the street. When we're walking through the coffee shop, the grocery store, wherever we find ourselves, we really need to be in tune with the Spirit. And If we're not, we're not going to see God move. I can do nothing of myself. This is, a, this is an incredible statement. Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh, says the Son can do nothing of himself. It's outrageous. But what he sees the Father do, what are we seeing? What do we see? What do we see? And so before, uh, before we take the offering, I want to pray for healing, but I want to pray for healing after we take communion. So if you turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to take communion right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this, starting in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often you use, you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. But if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Father, today, God, as we come before you and as we prepare to take communion, God, as we remember your death upon the cross for our sins, God, we pray, help us to examine ourselves. God, point out any unclean thing that is in me. God, point out anything in me that you want to go. God, we come to you this morning. We remember your death. We proclaim your resurrection. We take this bread together in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for this cup. Jesus, we thank you for this new covenant in your blood. Jesus, we thank you that your blood washes away all my sins. That your blood washes away all my sins. And Jesus, that you heal all of my diseases. Jesus, we thank you that your blood cleanses us from all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. Jesus, we proclaim your death. We will follow you. God, we will obey you. We will, God, do everything that you command. God, we desire to please you, God. God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, let's take it together. Jesus. Jesus. If I could just have the worship team join me up here on the platform. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Last week, uh, for those of you who were here, Pastor Charlie was here and he prophesied over a whole bunch of people. He went very long. He went to 1.30 almost. I think it was after 1.30 a little bit. And uh, he prophesied over my wife and I last and um, many of you had left. And so there, were, there was a few things that he said that were um, pretty significant. He said that um, he sees the presence of God continuing to increase here at Redeeming Love, and we believe that in a a strong way. Uh, We believe that the presence of God is here in a way, in a strong way. We've seen uh, healings. We've seen knees healed. We've seen hearts healed, and so we've seen some other healings, and so we believe that the presence of God is going to move. It's going to continue to get stronger and stronger here, and so we're believing that for 2020, an increase of the presence of God, But let me say this, don't get distracted by the presence of God. Don't get distracted by miracles. Don't get distracted by healings because that's not what it's all about. It's about relationship with Jesus. It's about getting close with him. And honestly, the presence comes as the fruit of being close with Jesus. The presence comes as the fruit of being close with Jesus. If you want to see miracles... Seek the miracle worker. If you want to see healings, seek the healer. If you want money, you don't go see money. If you want money, you go see a banker. The banker's going to give you money. If you want food, you don't go see food, you go to the grocer, right? If you want healings, go see the healer, go see Jesus. You need provision in your life. Go see the provider. Go see Jesus. Father God, I pray that we would be those who would seek you with all of our heart. God, that you would just move upon our hearts like never before. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. See, we as humans have this issue, and it's sin. And sin separates us from God. We've all sinned. The Bible says that we have all sinned. And, you know, if we were to go out on the street and just ask pastors by, hey, have you sinned? Most people would be like, sure, I have, right? This isn't hard to figure out. We've all sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. And so the problem is, is as I've talked about that relationship with Jesus, sin separates us so that we can't have that relationship the way that we should. But, we just did this communion, the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on the cross, Jesus' death upon the cross, his blood was shed for you and for me. It's the blood of Jesus that takes away the sin. The blood of Jesus takes away your sin. Takes it away. It removes it as far as east is from the west. Sin causes us to not be able to fellowship with God. Sin causes us to not be able to enter into heaven. And the Bible tells us that we owe a debt for that sin, and we have no way to pay it back. We have no way to make it right, but Jesus, Jesus came and he lived a perfect sinless life. His blood was poured out and he died upon the cross so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. And when we accept Jesus and we ask him to forgive us of our sin, he is faithful to do that. He will forgive us. We will go to heaven when we die and we can have relationship with him right now today and so if you've never prayed that prayer if you've never asked Jesus to come and live inside your heart if you've never committed to following him before I want to invite you to do that today